and welcome back to Morning Cup of Controversy. My name is Ryan and I am your host. Today I want to talk a little bit about art. It's a very, very subjective topic, I know. But I want to talk a little bit about what art means to young adults now, young adult artists, and um, artists can mean a lot of different things and we'll talk about that once we, uh, once I get into our interviews. But Let's go ahead and talk about our question of the week. Okay, last week. What's something that you last threw out that used to mean something? I remember my answer this time. I actually said something along the lines of getting rid of my clothes because I used to hold a lot of sentimental value to my clothes articles of clothing for whatever reason um I don't know I'm just kind of like a guilty conscience I feel like if somebody gets me a gift if I don't keep it forever then I'm gonna break their heart or something I don't know but this week I want to ask you guys what's the best thing you've got going for you let's just keep it a little positive this week good vibes good vibes what's the best thing you got going for you what's the best thing going on in your life right now I want to hear all about it You can send me a whole paragraph in the comments and I will read it. And maybe I'll read your paragraph to everybody next week. But for me personally, I'm going to have to say this podcast. It's been quite a big deal for me and every week it's just getting better and better. And I'm putting a lot of energy into this. I'm putting a lot of motivation and passion into this. And it's actually going very well. And that's a big, big deal for me because the last couple months of my life, I guess I could say the last couple years, it's been hard for me to find motivation to actually do something and put my all into it, but I've just had so much support and so much love, so much help, that this podcast has been such an amazing thing for my life, and I just want to say, I say this very, a very, very lot to you guys, but thank you very much for all of your support. Just listening to my podcast is support enough, and I really appreciate it. So, let's go ahead and move on to the topic of the week, which, like I said, is art. First things first. Art. What is art? Art is the expression or application of human creative skills and imagination, typically in a visual form such as painting or or sculpture, Producing works to be appreciated primarily for their beauty or emotional power. Another source also says creating visual, auditory, or performed artifacts, artwork. That's it. That's all it said. Um, So I just wanted to talk a little bit about the different kinds of art in today's culture. So first of all, one of my guests that's going to be on here in a little bit, her name is Hunter. She does flow art. And flow art is something that she's going to talk a little bit more about so that you guys have a good understanding of it. But it's mostly just artwork with your body, almost like dancing, but there's a, a tool involved, I would say. There's, it's either hula hoop, it's, there's different wands. I don't know the technical names for them, but Hunter will, um, like I said, explain that in a little bit more depth for you guys. Um, I, however look at art as a lot of different things. I don't know why I said I, however, because I'm sure she does too. But anyway, um, some other forms of art are music, physical art, painting, sculptures, you know. We also have, um, obviously, uh, YouTube and podcasting and I already said music, but any type of visual or auditory or anything like that like I said in the definition is going to be considered art so even I feel like as much as I hate to say this a lot of people might consider creating content excuse me creating content on TikTok art which to each their own I wouldn't consider my TikToks art (laughs) at least some of them but you know like I I said at the beginning of this uh, podcast art is a very, very subjective topic, and I feel like I speak for the majority when I say that, because I, 
might look at one thing and say, oh, that is absolutely beautiful. I need to take a picture of that right now. But the next person says, it's literally a piece of trash. Like, what? <laughs> you know, in today's day and age, however, there are so many things that we consider art, like I said, and I personally love that. So right now I want to take a look back at some art history and... This might be a little bit boring, but it's just something that I felt like I wanted to touch on for this episode, just so that we have some reference and, you know, maybe we can take a little bit from what these past artists did, because that because that's basically what most of them did throughout the ages anyway, and we'll see that. I saw earlier, a couple of days ago, that an artist on this TV show said that all art is borrowed art, and I thought that was kind of cool because, just because you paint the most beautiful original picture of a leaf that anybody's ever seen doesn't mean that somebody hasn't already tried or attempted to make that painting before and it probably looked very different you know and it's it's just that's why art is so subjective because it means so much to so many people and so many different things to so many different people that's also why i wanted to have some different guests on to give kind of a background on different perspectives of art, music, um, actual physical art, painting, drawing, sculpting. Then we have flow art, which is a newer thing that a lot of people are getting into in the EDM community. And like I said, I'll save that for Hunter, but let's go ahead and talk about this history of art. So art dates back to the prehistoric era before records were written and the earliest artifacts come from the old stone age in the form of rock carvings, engravings, pictorial imagery, sculptures, and some stone arrangements. And a lot of the art in this time period, which I didn't say the time period, it's 4000 BC to AD 400, a lot of it depicted large animals and vegetation and things of that sort. Moving forward just a little bit, we have 500 to 1400. And this was more of the medieval time period, so they called this medieval art. This time period was known um, as the Dark Ages, and a lot of the art reflected that. Most of it also um, was centered around churches and religion. I guess that was when religion started to become quite a big deal for a lot of people. Then after the 1400s through to the 1600s, we have more of a Renaissance art um, period. This style of painting, sculptures, and decorative art was characterized by a focus on nature and individualism. The thought that man as an independent, uh, the thought of man as an independent and self-reliant. So, to be honest, I couldn't really tell you what that means. But I'm personally going to take it as before this period. Honestly, I don't know. That's just a quote that (laughs) that I read. So, it was more characterized by a focus on nature and individualism. And I guess independence and self-reliance. Um, Renaissance reached its height in Italy, um, in large part due to the Medici, a wealthy merchant family who supported the arts designer, um, okay, let me back up just a second. The Medici family was a, was a wealthy merchant family who supported the arts, and this is why the Renaissance period was so big, especially in Italy. Some, some uh, artists from that time period include designer Filippo Brunelleschi. Guys, this is going to be a mispronunci- mispronunciation s- central sen- episode, podcast, whatever. Stick with me, guys. You've made it this far. You can do it. <laughs> also, sculptor Donatello uh, was another key inventor during this time period. And um, that's obviously kind of a big name. So I wanted to add in a couple big names into this so that you guys were a little bit understanding of who these people were, you know, and what time period they represented. So this next time period that I want to talk about um, was in between that last one. And it's between the 1527 to 1580 time period. And it was a mannerist um, art style. This emerged from the ideals of Michael, Michelangelo, Raphael, and other late Renaissance artists. They often often 
figures had graceful, elongated limbs, small heads, and stylized features, and exaggerated detail. So that was what, um, that's what the Mannerist um, art style is like. Now, going forward to 1600 through 1750s, was a period called Baroque. Um, very similar to Mannerist, but more stylistically complex. Characterized by drama, and as seen with Italian painter Caravaggio and Dutch painter Rembrandt. So those are two other pretty well-known names um, that I've at least heard of. I'm not sure about yourselves, but... Then, moving forward a little bit, actually, this is moving back a little bit. This is a little bit of an in-between time period. Uh, the next couple are, actually. This is going to be 1969 through 1780, um, Rococo. The aesthetic offered a softer style of decorative art compared to Baroque's exuberance. Lots of silver, porcelain, and French furniture, like chairs and armoires featuring curved forms, and floral design. Um, another thing I wanted to mention here was Antonio Vivaldi's music was pretty popular at this time. Um, so that's just to give you another reference of time periods and big names and when they were a part of. Um, Vivaldi was more of the Baroque time period than the Rococo, but this was the time period of the classy, you know, um, I heard it in a TV show the other day, like the fainting chairs. I'm like doing the hand motion with my hands, but this is not a filmed podcast yet. Keyword yet. One day it will get there. But, you know, like the little fainting chairs from the back in the day shows and all that stuff. It's pretty cute. But that's when this stuff came more about. Then we have the 1750s through the 1850s. This is kind of a broad one because neoclassism was a big deal in this um, century. Neoclassism, as the name suggests, um, artists in this time strove to recreate the great works of the ancient art. So they were taking art from thousands of years ago and trying to recreate what their ancestors had done. And they were trying to make it into, you know, more modernized feel or style you know they were using the modern day techniques but trying to bring those old pieces back then we have a little bit of a something that kind of sprung up after neoclassism was romanticism and this was a little bit in the same time period it was like 30 years after neoclassism started is when romanticism started to peak Romantic artists emphasized the individual and imagination. These artists also focused on passion, emotion, and sensation over um, intellect and reason. So a lot of the neoclassic, um, neoclassism artists were making things more like you got to kind of look deep to find the meaning, but the romanticism as it implies was more of a passion and emotion based art then moving forward a little bit from the late 1800s to to the early 1900s we have realism um and as as the name suggests this was a result of many events the anti-romantic movement in germany the rise of journalism and the advent of photography so people were really inspired um with this new interest accurately captured everyday life and artists were trying to recreate this with their paintings and sculptures and trying to create something that looked so real that it was crazy like beyond your eyes you know something else just a little fun fact that I noted down um, Louis Le Prince invented an early motion picture camera in, in 1841 so he was actually not the first person to come up with the moving picture, but he was one of the first to create, um, a, mm, a, 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 I guess I'll just say a working camera, you know, a good enough camera to take a moving picture, which these days we know as video. <laughs> moving forward, we have in the 1865s, 
okay, so this is actually moving back a little bit. This is more of the late um, 1800s where the neoclassism was. But we also had Impressionism and Post-Impressionism. Um, so obviously Impressionism was first, Post-Impressionism was a little bit after that. But Impressionism was immediate impressions of a certain moment. Um, they used short, quick, quick brush strokes, and it had almost like an un unfinished sketch-like feel. And this was a big, big, um, <sighs> me choking up on the words today. I just am having a, I'm having a day, guys. I'm having a day. Impressionism was a big deal for them because it was something new that they realized instead of having, instead of trying to make somebody sit still and me paint them perfectly so that it looks absolutely perfect, let's make it look like they're moving like they're turning their head you know something like that then with post-impressionism these painters all had similar ideas but they began to work more alone concentrate more on subjective visions and symbolic personal meanings rather than observations of the outside world so they would hide like little meanings in their artwork and vincent van gogh is considered a post-impressionism artist so if you want um references for that type of artwork then Vincent van Gogh was a good one and I'm sure you all have seen one or two of van Gogh's paintings before in your life whether you have to look it up right now or not but then moving forward a little bit we have something called Fauvism this was used uh this used examples like van Gogh but with more expressive use of intense color line and brushwork with a bold sense of surface design and flat composition so, like I said, if you've seen any of Van Gogh's paintings, you know that he used lots of dull colors, but that he was into the idea of using um, the subjective visions and symbolism, but he just didn't have um like, in-your-face way, way of showing it. And some Fauvism artists took Van Gogh's work and just made it a little bit brighter and bolder, basically. Another small period that we had was Expressionism, and this emerged as a response to increasingly confl conflicted worldviews and a loss of spirituality that can be seen in the well-known Dance of Life by Edvard Munch, which is a very, like I said, very well-known painting that um, as soon as you see it, you're like, oh, I've seen that before. I know that one. But the reason that we were um, dealing with that conflicting worldviews and loss of spirituality was because this was a time period when wars were going on, and I am not knowledged at all in the slightest on what year the world wars occurred, but I do know that expressionism was brought on by these world wars and people realizing that, you know, we don't really have all the same views, you know, like we can't just run things easily if everybody's going to have their own opinions, which we should have learned back in the day that it's okay to have our own opinions, you know? Moving a little bit forward, actually, this this one was in between the time, oh, excuse me, my microphone's almost falling. This one was a little bit in between the time period of expressionism. It was called cubism. More people who rejected the fact that art should resemble nature and people like Pablo Picasso started playing with abstract and I personally am a huge abstract fan, um, so it it's pretty important to me that that um, part of time started to come about. There was more abstract work done later in time, which we're about to talk about, but 1916 to 1950, we have some surrealism. This emerged from the Dada art movement in 1916, showcasing works of art that defied reasoning. They believed that events like um, World War One was in part to repress imaginative thoughts, and people like Karl Marx and Sigmund Freud inspired these feelings um, with their studies and work, which I thought was very crazy that people who aren't even working in the same field as artists are inspiring artists with their ideals. Like, Sigmund Freud and Karl, Ma Karl Marx, if you don't already know, were psychologists or psychiatrists psychologists, scientists, you know, they were sociologists, they would, they were studiers of the mind, we can say, but 
it was just crazy to me to read that that people actually believed that the world war was to repress certain things about us as humans you know and then the fact that they were using Karl Marx and Sigmund Freud as inspiration to make these art pieces and to use their work as an as like a reason to say oh the government doesn't want us to be imaginative like that's crazy that's wild but whatever to each their own so 1940s to 1950s um, more abstract work started to emerge after world war ii which was um 1939 I actually wrote that one down so just ignore what i said earlier about um not knowing when the wars wars were but <laughs> jackson pollock was known for his very unique style in drip painting which has also become something that's very big deal now which is like the acrylic drips or like the acrylic um pores um that's something that's very um popular right now with young artists in the 1950s and 1960s is when optical art became quite a big deal most uh mostly art excuse me mostly brought about by the use of optical illusions due to the heightened advances in science and technology also popular in this time period was pop art a lot more use of everyday mundane objects to create innovative works of art so I thought that was pretty cool. This is whenever people started using pop art and using, like, taking pictures of people and adding random colors and just bright nonsense in it for no reason just to make art. And I think that's beautiful, personally. I love it. Then we have the 1960s through 1970s. And this time period was known as minimalism. This art form urged the viewers to focus on precisely what's in front of them rather than draw parallels to the outside realities. Conceptual art also became popular in this time, creating art in the form of performance. So, like, dance and, um, oh, goodness, I cannot think of the word. But, you know, like, putting on a show with your dancing. Goodness, I really want to know that word because it's a funny one. But, um, okay, okay. So, moving on, um, we have contemporary art which is more 1970s to present art is so many things and the years have done nothing but prove that art is subjective for a lot of reasons and i want to get opinions from some people that i know and on what art means to them now and why so let's go ahead and move on to my interviews um i hope you guys enjoyed this little history of art conversation but now let's see what some of my friends and um, close family members have to say about their personal art and their experiences with art okay so the first guest that i want to have on today her name is hunter she is an artist slash designer with an associates in art. She likes to do art in her free time, and she's also a flow artist, which if you don't know what that is, she's going to give us a little bit of background on that here in a little bit. But you want to go ahead and say hello, Hunter? Hi, Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're going to go ahead and get right into it. So I just talked to everybody a little bit about art and what art meant to everybody in the past. Um what art was originally and what art had become throughout the years now art is a lot of different things to a lot of people i mean flow art is a thing and a lot of people don't even know that we've got tattoo people um that have given some input for this episode we've got musicians there's a lot of different artists and the fact that everybody our age knows somebody who does some kind of art you know it's crazy I think it's I think it's really awesome because our generation needs more of that honestly but um what does art mean to you personally art means a lot of things um I mean to be honest art can mean whatever it can mean something different to somebody else there's art in everyday things like you have it in your electronics you have it in nature, you have it pretty much anywhere that you look, like, it's, it doesn't mean one thing to me, it means everything to me, and it's kind of hard to answer, you know, that one question, but honestly, it's gotten me through many things, even, it is a lifesaver, it can help you cope through the toughest times, to be honest, and, yeah. Can you tell me about a point in your life that you needed art the most and it just really helped you out, like, to get out of the, the rut that you were in, you know? 
there was a time um, where I had to take some time off work and kind of regain my mental. And one of the things that really helped me was kind of creating self-portraits and things that how I viewed myself. So again, art was just something that was there for me. Um, especially with flow arts. Um, flow arts is something that people in the EDM community do to um, express themselves and their imagination and their individualism. Um, it could be through spinning hula hoops. It could be through dancing and shuffling, which is the two things that I do. There's other things like um, spinning poi, or you can see the people um, doing the gloving with their fingers. I yeah. I, when I found shuffling and hula hooping, it kind of just created a new person for me. And I've found myself through this art. And around this time, I also found um, that I wanted to go to art school. So design was something that I was kind of unfamiliar with at the, at that time and point in my life, but it also helped me kind of learn along the way, like helpful things like you shouldn't compare yourself to others. Everybody has their own art. Everybody has their own flow. Everybody has their own style. So that kind of helped me find myself and kind of just be the person that I am today, which I think somebody like anybody should be able to connect with. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, I like how you touched on the flow art a little bit, and I want to ask um, where you see that. Um, do you see that, like, taking you somewhere, or is it just something, like, for example, um, I had a musician that I interviewed, my sister. She was saying that she just enjoys doing it. She doesn't have to explain herself while she's doing it. She just can do it privately. She just can make her music, sing her song, listen to her music, whatever it is. It's just about the passion for her, you know? Is there anything that you see it, like, taking you to, or design even, that you see that taking you to in life, um, or anything that you hope for it to uh, to accomplish with it? Yeah, for sure. Like, I do it for fun, and I definitely agree with um, what they said. Just, I, I put in the work, but I also, like, they probably do, but I also like them like to do it just for fun I I'll do it in my spare time I hear a good song which is another thing is that art is you know with music it it creates such a feeling that a lot of people can't describe and the people that can describe it make the music you know mm -hmm. and um I see th this passion you know taking me to fun places if the opportunity ever comes that way if you know the right person sees me or if I know the right person and they present me with an opportunity to you know dance alongside them or dance for them or design something for them I'm always game to have that opportunity because with an opportunity comes knowledge and experience mm -hmm. so that's always something that I also want to increase on as well yeah and uh something that the tattoo artist that I talked to said that every idea that she gets like every her passion and her um, inspiration is her clients you know people coming to her and saying hey I want this done or I want to see if you can draw something like this I want to see if you can do something like this you know and my sister's inspiration comes from all different you know her family all different kinds of things that happen to her in life so I feel like just putting yourself out there it gives you the best opportunity to attract the right people for that, like, you know, for, for your hopes and dreams. Um, how, how has your style changed over time? Like, what has anything, like, happened to you that made you, like, I'm, I know you said that, like, just finding, like, shuffling and stuff. What do you think that um, that did to your style, like, your overall personality and everything? I think it opened me up to being more comfortable with myself and allowing things to come in that I wouldn't necessarily have been able to see myself doing. Like I probably, if I would have been presented with, let's say, I don't know, just like 
the, especially the way I dress now, if I was presented an outfit that was given to me like now like a couple years ago I'd probably be like oh no I'm not comfortable enough to do that but since I've found these arts I've found that everything that I do is like more comfortable and I've been like super like edgy in what I do and just I've found that I'm like a mixture of all things and I'm very versatile in my style and I would like it to reflect that. Um, I've definitely just just been more comfortable in myself just growing up. And I think that's something that I have to thank for art because art is a good representation sometimes of like your hopes and dreams and what you wish you could be. And I don't know. I just think I think art's the best. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Um one last thing that I want to ask about, um, what do you think uh, our society gains the most from having art as such a big thing, like, in the, you know, present? There's so many different forms of art, like, we, we, we talked about flow art, design, music, tattooing, just regular plain old drawing, you know, painting, sculpting, all kinds of stuff, so what do you think society has to gain from art as a whole? I think... We have to, we have so much to gain for it, because honestly, without art, we go crazy. Yeah, I feel like it's really just, like, expressing yourself, like, be, having the comfortability, like, you would have never felt so comfortable with yourself if you hadn't experienced flow art in every different form that you did, you know, that just being in that the part of that community and that was another thing that I wanted to mention was there are so many different loving communities out there for all different kinds of artists like I started a, a Twitter account for this podcast after I um, started it and immediately there's all kinds of different podcasters following and listening all just listening to each other's podcasts there's a community for everything out there you just have to be open to find it you know yeah and there's bad people obviously in the world but you just got to put the good energy out there and hope the good energy comes back you know yeah no I definitely agree <laughs> um there are some you know chads in every group but yeah, right. <laughs> but no the loving communities that are out there they're my stepdad even said it's like every community is a great community now you know there are some communities that are a little bit questionable but when you find a good community that's you know healthy and really supports you you're just it changes you so it's mm -hmm. I don't know it's like it's it's awesome to be a part of that yeah of course is there anything else that you want to add before we close this interview out um I speaking of my flow arts I have an account it's Hunna flows it's h-u-n-n-a-f-l-o-w-s um that's where you can catch me spinning hula hoops and um shuffling and just having fun i also spin um fans every now and then but if you're interested in that you can catch me on that and then also i have an art page where i post some art um it's twin bear designs um don't think i need to spell it but <laughs> I'll, I'll put them in the caption just in case <laughs> yeah that's um what i do and i love doing it and i just love designing on my spare time and just drawing and just expressing myself through art because without it, I would be going crazy. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, thank you very much for being on, and I'm going to go ahead and move on to my next guest. Okay, my next guest's name is Cole. He's one of my good friends. He's also a musician, um, so I wanted to kind of get his perspective on art. Um, so, hello, Cole. Hey, how are you? I'm doing good. How about you today? I'm doing pretty good. Awesome. So we're going to go ahead and jump right into it. So what does the word art mean to you? Um, art to me, it, uh, it invokes like emotion. Um, I feel like whatever you're going through in life, whether you're happy or sad, um, there's always something you can do to involve yourself with art and uh, kind of find yourself um, and whatever passion of art it is that you, uh, you might be interested in. Right. And why do you think that um, that's how you feel? Like what in your life has kind of led you to 
feeling like art is a way to express yourself and, you know, let yourself be free? Um, you know, I've gone through a lot of different things in life. Um, and art's just kind of always been something there to kind of like be an escape for me. Uh, whether, whether I'm going through a really good time or a really bad time, um, I just always find myself kind of escaping in uh, just some kind of art form, whatever it is that I feel like doing that day. Yeah. And um, I also talked to my little sister who's a musician and I asked her this next question of where do you see art taking you? And she personally said that hopefully in the future she finds a group of people with the same passion to maybe make a band or something like that. Is that somewhere that you see yourself, your music similarly taking you or is there somewhere else that you would rather go with that? Um, yeah, I mean, art, uh, it could take you a lot of different pathways. Um, you know, I express myself uh, through a lot of writing. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's definitely something that uh, I have looked into. Uh, I have done it in the past and uh, hopefully again soon uh, with something coming up that I have coming up actually uh, in the works. So we'll see. Awesome. We'll see. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to see that. Um, I talked to my little sister also about what her biggest influences were. And her music resembles a lot of, well, one thing that she said was um, mental health, um, which is something that I share with her because I like to use my music that I listen to to kind of help me cope with certain things. You know, if I'm feeling one way, then I'll use it to make me feel better. If I'm feeling super happy, then I'll, you know, make myself pump up or whatever. But she also said that her biggest influences um, otherwise in music were like Paul McCartney, Kurt Cobain, her family, um, who would you say are some of your biggest influences in what you do with your music? Um, so as a, like growing up, I listened to a lot of like classic rock. Uh, mm-hmm. so I found myself listening to like a lot of the Beatles, Led Zeppelin, uh, Jimi Hendrix, Frank Zappa. Um, I was real big. I still am uh, real big in like the punk rock scene. So, uh, the Sex Pistols, uh, the Misfits, bands like that. Yeah. Um, they've all kind of like influenced uh, a writing, some kind of writing style in my in my life, and um, a different points in my life. Uh, I saw myself changing a lot, and um, each time I found a different band or I found a different musician that I could relate to somehow with their words, and um, it's definitely helped a lot. Um, music is a big part of my life, um, so I always find some kind of influence in. Um, either a different genre of music or a different type of band or an artist at that time. Um, kind of with how I'm feeling like emotionally or what's going on in my life. Um, I feel like there's always somebody new out there that kinda, you can kind of relate to at some point in your life. Right. And that, that um, reminds me of something else that she said, but about um, she said, you never stop learning in music. And I think that's really interesting to think about because in all of the art forms, you know, you never, you never really can stop learning. I saw another place somebody said that um, all art is borrowed art. And in a way, that's true, I think, especially with music, because you hear a lot now where people are using old R&B beats right. to, you know, renew songs and old rock beats to renew their songs and all kinds of stuff. And I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, sampling for music, uh, it's a huge thing. Um, mm-hmm. You could take a sample from a 1970s song. Um and you know change it into something completely different um i believe post malone and uh dj Khaled just did that with that song um i did it um, okay they took an old you know 1980s rock song and they sampled it and they they flipped it and put a put a rap beat on top of it and it came out really good and i know for a while there it was on the top 100 charts and uh, i think that also helps people kind of look into music more um they can kind of look back and you know where that sample came from and they can find a band that they never heard of before and um, that brings people into a new genre of music as well yeah and that's something that has that's one of the big reasons why my music genre you know has kind of broadened over the last couple years because I start hearing these songs like for example, I've been really into the Silk Sonic album that they just put out. Yeah. And they, I didn't know this, but that Love's Train song on their album is actually an, an origi- or a, 
a remake from an old song called Love's Train. I couldn't tell you who originally did it, but then I went back and listened to the old one and it's very similar, but you know, they just put a more modern spin on it. And I really like the way that they do that. It's really interesting. So one more thing um, I want to talk about um, is my sister said that her style over, over time was kind of more orchestra because that's where she got into music at first. Um, I talked to a couple other different types of artists, like a tattoo artist. She said she didn't really feel like she had quite a style. It was just kind of whatever her client brought to her. It would, you know, bring her into a new style of drawing. And she likes that a lot about um, her art. So what, what, how do you think that your style has changed over time? Or what do you think influences your style other than the music that you already listen to? Um, you know, my style has changed quite a bit. Um, so back in high school, I wrote a lot. Um, I wrote a lot of poems. I wrote a lot of different songs. Um, back, back in that time, um, you know, the Boys Like Girls, Metro Station, uh, pop punk emo phase was kind of big. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I wrote a lot of like high school love shit and stuff like that, you know, stuff that didn't really take off, but it was what, you know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I've gotten older, uh, my style has, it's gotten a lot deeper. Uh, so I found a lot more meaning in the songs I write nowadays um, and that I'm trying to work on putting out. Um, you know, so I'm starting to feel a lot better about the music that I write now versus what I used to write. Um, but you know, there was a time about three years ago, it actually popped up on my Facebook memories, uh, two days ago. So about three years ago, um, I lost my writing partner. Uh, he's mm-hmm. like my best friend and, uh, I lost him to, uh, to suicide. And, uh, there was a point in my life for like a year and a half where I didn't write. I didn't even want to listen to music, anything like that. Um, and then my drinking and my drug abuse got a lot worse. Um, you know, now I can finally say that I'm a year clean, um, year and a half so- clean, and um, I'm almost eight months sober of- off of alcohol now. Congrats. And, um, yeah, I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, my writing style, it's it's just evolved into a bigger thing. Um, it's more about life. Um, and it's more about what's happening kind of around me, um, how I'm changing as a person, how I'm seeing things differently now. Um, you know, there was a time where I just wanted to, to sit in a room isolated to be able to write a song, uh, just be by myself in a dark room. And, and, um, you know, now I can actually be around people and ideas come to my head or somebody could tell me something and, you know, things are popping up in my head now and it's giving me more light um into a life of what my writing style has become mm-hmm. um you know it's it's not as messy anymore uh it used to be it used to be really dark stuff you know stuff that i i would kind of record and listen to it and i just i couldn't put it out because you know no one would be able to relate i felt like and um as i've gotten older i've realized there's there's a lot of people out there who do struggle the same way i do um, you know, I, you were talking like mental health wise with music, how it helps you. Mm-hmm. Um, it does the same thing for me, um, especially writing. Um, and I have, I have found out, you know, there are people out there, um, who do need that as a coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I've, I've went ahead and I've started writing more lifestyle stuff that people can relate to, you know, whether I feel like they can or can't. Um, that's kind of for them to decide, not me. Um, but I've gone Mm -hmm. ahead and just, you know, said, you know, screw it. We'll see what happens. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But, uh, yeah, I, I I do want to help people now when it comes to my music. Um, I, I want to, I want to be able to kind of bring a story to somebody's life that they either, they may relate to, or they may listen to that song and they understand and they feel it in some type of way. And it, and it kind of helps them through a struggle that they're going through at this time. Yeah. And that you kind of read my mind. I was going to ask a question about, um, cause I'm doing an episode soon about mental health stigma. And I wanted to ask you if that has affected you and it sounds like it used to, but now that you've kind of 
witnessed some pretty dark stuff through your life, it's kind of shown you that like you need to use this to cope and you can't just use it to as an escape, you know? Right. That's pretty cool that you, you know, that you read my mind and just kind of talked about that anyway. The last thing I wanted to talk about um, was why do you think that art in general, whether it be music or painting or sculptures or tattoos or any kind of art, why do you think that's important to society? Um, I think art is extremely important to society, um, especially right now with uh, how our society is changing and, uh, you know, how we're seeing more bad things than good at this point. Um, you know, um, I always reference, uh, Deep Ellum in Dallas yeah. as if you've never seen Deep Ellum, it's definitely one of those things you have to experience. It's, it's a beautiful place down there. Um, there's lots of, lots of people that come down there as artists and they do all their paintings on the wall, big murals of mm-hmm. what Dallas is to them. And, um, also on the other side of Deep Ellum, it's, it's a dark place. Um, you know, there's, there's always, you always hear about some kind of shooting or some kind of stabbing down there in Deep Ellum. Um, so if you can take that away from what Deep Ellum is and just experience the beauty of it, um, you know, it, it can really open your eyes to what is around you. You know, what, you know, there may be some bad things that just happened there um, a couple of days ago, but at the same time, you know, there's a beauty of deep Ellum and it kind of brings people to that part of Dallas to kind of get away and experience, you know, the free art form of, of what Dallas is. Um, also with that shooting down, down here in Texas, um, a couple weeks ago. Um, I don't know if you saw on Facebook, that guy who, uh, did all the paintings on those kids caskets. Oh, wow. Um, I mean, he, he did, I think it was like 19 paintings or 19 mm-hmm. caskets. He did all these different paintings. He went to the parents and was like, you know, give me some superhero characters or something that your child loved. And um, he took time out of his day, out of his week to paint all these caskets for these kids. And he brought something beautiful into the world during a really dark time for these people. Yeah. And, um, you know, art, um, art can stand out, you know whether it's a really bad time or whether it's a really good time, um, you know, art's definitely important to society, especially right now, um, just to kind of stop and give you a moment to stop and kind of take in what's, what's in front of you um, and kind of stop worrying about what's happening in your life at this, at this point, um, kind of give you a break from, from some bullshit going on in the world. Yeah. Right. Stop and smell the roses. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, I like that. It's kind of it's it really is just a reminder to see the beauty in everything. There really is something beautiful to see in every situation, whether that's something physical or something that you have to mentally tell yourself at the end of the day. You know, everything has a positive ending if you make it have a positive ending or a beautiful side, you know, for sure. I like that. I like that a lot. Is there any way that where that people can find you off of this podcast, Cole? Yeah, uh, you can search me up on Facebook at Cole Patterson. Um, you can find me on Instagram at uh, coleap24. And you can find me on TikTok at coleapatterson24. And you can find me on Spotify if you follow me on Facebook. Um, my Spotify is on there. Uh, lots of different things you can listen to. I got lots of, uh, lots of playlists for pretty much any type of music, any type of mood that you're feeling. Um, I've created a lot of playlists on there. Um, so yeah, follow me wherever you can find me on a platform. Sounds good. Well, I will link most of that stuff as much as I can link in the description, just in case anybody didn't, wasn't able to catch that. But thank you so much, Cole, for joining and being, uh, one of my first couple guests on my podcast. Yeah, no problem. I appreciate you. Yeah, of course. Well, I'll have a, uh, you have a great rest of your day. All right. You as well. Just a little recap um, after these interviews, I just wanted to um, make a quick note. Um, Overall, it doesn't matter if you're a painter, a sculptor, a director, a musician, a tattoo artist, or just a girl who paints on her wall for fun sometimes. Me. Art heals the brain, um, and studies show links to improved memory, reasoning, and resilience in healthy older people. Um, It's also said it's also said to help 
with depression, anxiety, and cancer symptoms. So, um, that like a, that conversation with Cole a little bit, we talked about how mental health is definitely affected when it comes to music, and it can be helped when it comes to music. Um, and my little sister also was saying that um, when I was asking her about what art means to her, it was saying that it's a, it's a way for her to express herself and express herself and cope. And it's just something that she can do without having to explain why or anything. It's just music speaks for itself. And the tattoo artist, she said that it feels like an escape or a getaway to just be working on her art, you know. She said everything is art. Every idea is art. Anything that her clients come to her with, whether they scribble something on a piece of paper and it looks like trash, or they give her an idea and she, you know, turns it into a masterpiece, so I hope you enjoyed this little history lesson and chat with some of my friends. Um, let's go ahead and move on to the quote of the week. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed all those interviews and I hope you guys gained something from it. If there's anything to gain out of those conversations, me goofing off with my friends and seeing what they love about their art. And um, I had a lot of fun, so I hope you guys did too. So, the quotes that I want to leave you guys with today, I could not pick one for this episode. I just could not pick one. I wanted to have some quotes about art for this week. I know normally I try to somehow tie in the quote of the week to what we're doing, but it doesn't always easily tie in. I remember last week I had a hard time trying to describe why it could potentially tie in. I just kept stumbling over my words, but that's okay. This week I actually picked art-related quotes, so... Art is anything you can get away with, says Andy Warhol. I thought that one was funny because it's just like, I can literally draw a square on a piece of paper and sell it for a million dollars somewhere in the world. You know, it's going to be, it's going to be conceptual to somebody, you know. But the next quote that I picked was, art should be something that liberates your soul. Art should be something that liberates your soul. And that was by Keith Haring. I liked that quote a lot because I feel like if your art is not liberating your soul, then why are you doing it, you know? And I'm gonna, we're gonna leave it at that. So thank you guys for supporting me. Like I said last week, I know I've got quite a few listeners in other countries and I really, 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 really appreciate all of y'all's love and support on my podcast. So keep it up. Keep up the good work, y'all, and I will talk to y'all next week. Bye.